0: this episode of the This is Believe on Real Browns Fans podcast, I am your host, James Mastrucci, and joining me, as always, co-host, Jordan Cohen. Jordan, the Browns won.
1: The Browns won and they won big, and they did it without Odell, and I am really happy about that. Surprised, but happy.
0: I am very much surprised as well, and we'll get into that in a second. But first, just a reminder like, comment, share, rate, subscribe, tell your friends and family. If you don't, it's stealing. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, this is com and RealBrownsFans.com. All right. Like we said, the Browns won, they beat the Bengals. Uh, neither of us expected that to happen, but sometimes weird stuff happens. Um, what were your like main takeaways from the game?
1: Yeah. So admittedly, I did not watch the game when it was going on. So I knew the result when I was watching. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought, I I mean, so I think we, for what I, I think Cincinnati struggled on the run defense. Mm-hmm. Which let the Browns get those three just giant Nick Chubb runs. Yeah, uh, that helped. I think the Browns had luck in the turnover battle, um, which helped. Like mm-hmm. you need that to win. Um, so Denzel Ward, Newsom both played outstanding. Mm-hmm. They they were great. So I don't know. I think it's. I mean, it's good. It's a good win. It's a good win against a good team. It's a good solid win. Uh, it, what the the main. Difference
0: I noticed early on is what Cincinnati was trying to do, uh, what Arizona and Pittsburgh did previously, and that was crowd the box, put six guys up front, seven guys possibly, but they just don't have the personnel to do that, and so Cleveland was able to operate their offense as normal. They were not really, uh, didn't really encounter any obstacles from that. They were just like, okay, uh, you're not good enough to try and do this, so we're just going to do what we do. As far as defense goes, I mean, huge play on the on uh on the their first defensive stand with the pick six. Um cause Joe Burrow was going like a hot knife through butter through that Browns defense until Denzel Ward picked off that pass and at after that moment in time, uh the Bengals offense really didn't have the same effectiveness consistently that I noticed. It it seemed like they just weren't on the same page, weren't clicking uh, a little bit. I don't know. Uh, that's just what I my takeaway was that once Denzel Ward got that pick, it was just like okay, they didn't seem as invincible up to that point because they were they were clicking, and I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna be a long one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I also think. I mean, I've said this on this podcast before, mm-hmm. and I know we may disagree about it a little bit. I really think Joe Burrow is somewhat overrated by a lot of people and i know he's had a good year but when i watch the Bengals, i look at joe burrow's success as a product of the offense around him Mm -hmm. and i think the again joe woods is good at doing a few things and rookie quarterbacks hate playing against joe woods Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i know he's not a rookie right he's he's
0: essentially a rookie let's be honest here that was his 19th career game
1: Yeah, I mean, like he's still a very young quarterback, and I think Joe Woods was able to confuse them. And I think Denzel Ward and Newsom played like they... I mean, Newsom's always been good all year, but Denzel Ward played like he did last year. Yeah, that's the
0: Denzel Ward they need if they're going to do anything this season. They need that version of Denzel Ward, not the version that's been picked on uh, every week and uh, ends up leaving the game at some point with some sort of injury. Um, They need that. They really do. Uh, You know, Greg Newsom has turned into just a a guy you can count on every week to be, you know, the guy uh, on his side of the defense or whoever he's defending. Greg Newsom's been their best corner this year.
1: Oh, easily. I mean, it's quite the draft. Like, Newsom, JOK are great. I -hmm. mean, I I think Schwartz and Felton both have promise. Like, I would be surprised if one of those two guys does not really become a like, kind of long-term player for this team. Not, like, star necessarily, but a guy that plays a lot during the rookie year. Or, rookie. Or sorry, uh, rookie contract.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have those guys. Those guys that just aren't necessarily
1: a star player, but it's a guy that is an integral part of the offense. I um, mean, I know he had that great catch, but, like, that's what I think DPJ is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think DPJ is ever going to be a star receiver. I, I don't either. Uh, I, I think he's going to be...
0: A productive receiver. He's gonna be in that tier or two below like the star group, but he'll still be a good guy. A guy who's just like, yeah, you need that guy in your team for He'll play in the NFL a long time. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what he'll be. He'll be he'll be one of those guys. I don't think he's ever gonna be in the top ten receiver conversation, top twenty maybe on the back end if he lives up to his potential, but um that's really pushing it, honestly. But he has he has shown the ability and he's shown some of the skills when given the opportunity to do that. Just he hasn't necessarily put it all together throughout the course of a game and week by week and as the seasons progressed so
1: far. Right, and so I guess to give a question for you, um, was this kind of a game function? Like, do you believe that Baker Mayfield and then the receivers are better without Odell? Because I'm seeing that a lot today. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen that a lot too. I
0: here's what it is, and it's something we kind of touched on last week. It's Baker is a quarterback who can operate the play as designed. Okay, you tell him what to do, he will do that, but he will not go outside of that unless he's like flush from the pocket. Okay, so when it comes to a, a player in like Odell, who the the term freelance was used a lot, but there there was more so option routes than than freelancing. People just think he was out there doing whatever the hell he wanted. He was still running his route in the confines of the play as designed right. just a little bit to the left or right or shorter. There, you know, when you're an elite route runner, you're an elite reader of a defense, that's what's going to happen. You're going to see that opening. The, the problem is, is that Baker's not a quarterback who has the ability to anticipate that. He's not the quarterback who has the ability to see what those players see so he's looking to operate the play as instructed the play as designed the play as called not necessarily what would be the most beneficial play on any given down right so that's what i see as far as him being better and the team being better without odell that's i just think that's narrative i think it's talking points i just like i don't think that honestly there's large enough sample size to say definitively either way Uh, what is it it's only a handful of games for both of them let's be honest here it's not like he played a 10-year career five years with Odell five years without Odell and the numbers are drastically different for both ones that's the part of the danger when working in small sample sizes this is still not a big enough sample size for me
1: right I I mean and that's kind of how I feel too like I, I think we are going to face defenses that test us here oh yeah And I think, I mean, we talked about this on Friday, right? That it's, and you just made this point, like Baker does not anticipate. I think that is the word. And I hadn't like read, heard, read or heard that really like using that context. But to me, that's Baker's biggest issue. Mm -hmm. All of the problems, the consistency, the poor uh, yards like thrown, right? Air Mm -hmm. yards, right? All that stuff is a function that I just don't think he anticipates well.
0: Yeah, and for how much he was getting hammered for uh, indecisiveness with Odell and with, you know, how much he is better without him, uh, I still saw him doing some double clutches uh, yesterday. So it's it's not like they magically disappeared, you know, with Odell right. out of the lineup. He was still doing the, the things that were—that are issues, the things that are have caused him to play poorly. It's just he happened to not have the bad play come after it, which is fine, I guess, but it's still like— Hey, at at some point, this is going to come back and haunt him. I, I I think what happened yesterday is more a result of honestly the Bengals defense just not being well equipped for this type of offense, and I I think it was just honestly more coincidence than anything than just being like oh they took Odell out they're they're good now like that's
1: nonsense. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I think the other thing, too, is that, uh, I mean, we have a tough schedule remaining. You and I talked about it. I, I don't think the Browns will be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But I do think that is, like, it, will the next Bengals game be harder? I would assume so. Yeah. Um, there, by a lot of metrics, they actually played better than us. Uh, and obviously, those metrics are meaningless, right? Like, time yeah. of possession doesn't matter if, if mm-hmm. you're getting your ass handed to you. But something like time of possession does signal that the Browns, who have not gotten a lot of turnovers this year, just got a lot of turnovers.
0: Yeah. And they're, right? they're, they're just, they haven't been good in that
1: department. We've talked about it before turnover luck. Turnover luck has not been right. their friend this year. Right. And like things like just kind of those last minute turning quarterback hits into sacks and turning hurries into hits right mm-hmm. like things that like yeah are skill-based but in the same way that turnovers are mm-hmm. right where like it's still somewhat random chance like it's so split second that it's very difficult to mark it up to talent versus it's just bad luck versus good luck and i i think that won't get repeated but there are things that are promising, right? Ward and Newsome to me are big ones. Chubb being Chubb again is a big one. The yeah. offensive line was just just mauled the Angles.
0: Oh yeah, they they took care of business, and that's not necessarily
1: all that surprising. Uh, the Browns no, have, but do have a very good offensive line. When right, no, they've had a good offensive line all year. Like it, that's been the thing that people haven't remembered. Like the offensive line's been great. Baker's just sucked.
0: Yeah, that, they've they've been, the you know, one of the groups getting the brunt of all the criticism for, honestly, no reason. But um, one thing I want to get your opinion on this. this is something that, you know, you, you kind of touched on for a second there in regards to time possession. Uh, the Browns only ran 15 plays in the first half, which is essentially yeah. the game script for, like, the first two drives. Right. And there's one thing that we've both noticed and discussed previously. It's that that game script... For the first half and coming into the second half, you know, the only handful of plays that they do, they've been excellent on for as long as Stefanski's been here. It is just, it doesn't even matter how the rest of the game goes. You can always count on that first drive to be... He's the best scripted. I think he's the best game scripter in the NFL. Right, so that first first half, they're in 15 plays, which is the game script for the first half. Right. Right? So, yeah, it's impressive, but it's just important to note that, like, they practice those week and drill those... They practiced those plays, and they drill them in so much that it's just like, yeah, they're going to
1: execute those plays with absolute precision. That was right. the game the script. Way games, like, the way game scripting works, right, is it's very tactical, right? It basically is Sunday night or Monday, Stefanski and his coaching staff sit down, and I think Stefansky's really gifted at figuring out, here's how we can attack their defense early. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I don't know how he gets there, but he's really, really good at it. He was really good at it in Minnesota. He's really good at it here. What the second part of that is, is then you coach the team on how to run those plays. Yes. Over and over pretty much the entire week. That is all you're focused on. Mm -hmm. And I think they did a really... He always does a really good job there. And I think you're right. Like, if the Browns can play like that and not run a lot of plays and still be dominant on both ends. Like that's how you win. But like, guess what? That's how every team wins. Yeah. Right. Like, like if any team could do that every game, they'd be undefeated.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and the only reason I really necessarily brought this up was because early on in the game, uh, like Baker was like seven of eight for like 120 yards. And everyone's like, Oh my God, he's back. But like, he proceeded to go like three of seven for his like next throws, his next seven throws. Right. It, and, and so it, it yeah, any quarterback's capable of getting hot, but well, and also any capable of uh, having a little bit of a rough patch, but they kind of coordinated, they kind of
1: coincided with game script. Yeah, and I mean, I I know there was some stuff, I read some article this morning um, that was basically saying, like, Stefanski showed again that he can be a play caller. It's like, Stefanski's been a good play caller all year. Mm-hmm. Like, he has. It. it has not been as good as it was last year, but he's been really good still. Yeah. And it it's a guinea pig. hmm I mean, he's a guinea pig. Uh, like Or not a guinea pig. I'm sorry. I'm tired. He's being thrown under the bus, right? Like, yeah. Stefanski's the one that's taking blame over and over and over again. And, like, that's in some ways great, but it also, it's like, a game like this should show us it's not Stefanski that's the problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, because the, right? the,
0: the the play calling, the sequencing, the the concepts, the designs—they weren't anything really different from what they've been doing all season. They just they executed them this week, right? That's right. really the only difference. I mean, the the one play I would say that that may have been you know quote unquote out of script was the the shot play to Donovan Peoples Jones for that you know real quick touchdown. Which impressive play,
1: but it at the same play. time,
0: that's a that's a throw you expect your quarterback to make to a wide open yeah. receiver streaking down the middle of the field. So
1: yeah, I, right. I, it was a gr- it was a great play. I'm glad the play was made. I there are games this season where Baker would not have made that throw, and mm-hmm. it's good that he did make it. But like, I guess my view too is like let, let's just like kind of like. Take a deep breath here, right? Like it was, what Baker was not winning us that game. No, he didn't play poorly, right? Like he played, he was fine. He was, he was solid. Like he did what you needed to do to win the game. Yeah, but as you always say, it's because Baker is a passenger. Mm-hmm. The the
0: the the defense and the rushing attack carried him through this game. Right, I, I will say as much. Love as the the touchdown to. Done. People's Jones gets and the the throw to Njoku at the end of the game. Neither neither of those passes were his best pass of the game. It was that pass to, to People's Jones down the sideline where he ended up getting completely leveled and still hanging out of the ball at about like the two or three yard line? That was Baker's best pass of the game. Right. Dropped it in a bucket. That's exactly what you. That's that's what you want. That's like put this in the loop. It was that. It was that beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was his yeah. best
0: pass of the game so again great pass to, to people's jones surprising pass to Ajoku in the end zone uh towards the end of the game for uh what is essentially meaningless points at that point in the game but the the throw down the sideline to people's jones that was the best throw of the game
1: oh yeah oh yeah and it was great like I, they're gonna need to make that throw and you know who didn't get a lot of really good catches this game who? I didn't really see the field a lot. Who? Uh, this Richard Higgins guy who um, everybody's clamoring is like back now that Odell's gone, right? Like finally Baker's going to be able to throw the ball to Higgins again. <laughs> he had three snaps and two of them were run plays. Yep. Higgins sucks. And the Browns like just now have a deeper – like. You know, the PFF had the Browns as, like, the – what was it? Like, the eighth best receiving team in that – or receiver combo in the NFL. And, like, mm-hmm. the basic idea was, like, they have, like, a lot of guys behind Odell and Jarvis. This was preseason, obviously. It's not just Jarvis. But, like, there's still a lot of them. And, like, I think this is, like, the thing. Like, Higgins wasn't even, like, really a good guy, right? Like, yeah, he was just kind of there. And now the Browns have – a bunch like they have good receiving tight ends. Mm-hmm. They have good receiving running backs. They have a lot of receivers. Like H- Higgins is done.
0: Oh yeah, I mean the, the, the whole you know Richard Higgins Hollywood Higgins thing. It, it's cute. It's cute. It's it's not a it's not a, a sustainable way to win football games. No, I mean you, you look at uh, even when he has played and has made catches, he's not like filling up the stat sheet he's getting like like two catches for 20 yards it's like okay
1: all i know is if any other receiver on the browns makes the catch that higgins does in the afc semi-final last mm-hmm. year the browns are going to play the bills oh absolutely and higgins yeah. was the one that made the idiotic reach when he didn't need to do it because he wanted the flashy play and that's not a usual higgins thing but to me like it is what represents higgins that even when he's really good, there's something else that kind of just attracts from it.
0: Oh, you mean the the fact that he celebrates after every catch? Every catch, Be- because, right? But
1: like, because he's Greg
0: Little 2.0 now? Yeah, that's what he is. I, that's what i, I get yeah. reminded of every time. You ever remember when Greg Little would do that little, you yeah. know, ball drop every time he caught a pass? Yep. That's what Rashard Higgins does. There's a little, the little collar adjustment before he does every single time he catches a pass. Like,
1: dude, you did right. the bare minimum. I mean, that's just like, I don't know. I, I feel like, and you and I have said this, right? That Stefanski can call an offense without a lot of great receiving talent. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants to, right? But, like, that's what he's going to do now. There's no more Odell. Um, so, that's what St- Stefanski is going to bring back, the same offense as we used last year. Mm-hmm. And... Is like a Browns fan, I just hope it goes on long enough where we can capitalize on it, make the playoffs, and figure the rest out after.
0: Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need plays from Peoples Jones or need him to be consistent. He's had some good games this year, but I mean, it's not like each and every week he's doing what you know, mostly what Jamar Chase has been doing up to the last two weeks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um and it's it's not like Anthony Schwartz has been much of a factor at all this season. He's got a couple catches, but he's been mostly forgotten in this offense.
1: Yeah, but and it, I think he'll get play more of a role now that Odell's gone. Well, he has he's to. a guy I mean, that I see benefiting most.
0: Uh, yeah, Schwartz and I would say I'd say uh, I I might say People's Jones first, then Schwartz, oh, only yeah. because you know People's Jones is sliding into his spot in the lineup, but. Schwartz is going to have a, a major uptick in opportunities because they yeah. need someone to go down the field
1: who has speed. And right. I mean, People's Jones is going to be the X. Mm-hmm. They'll still Jarvis won't switch roles, which will be the difference from last year. Yes, um, and then Schwartz will just cover the old People's Jones routes. Yeah, he'll cover those. He'll cover some of the the deep routes that uh, Odell would run from time to time. Right. Just to I mean, the just question to keep... is like. People's Jones doesn't get separation like Odell did. Not a, not even close. But <laughs> no, but he can read the field really well. So like at some point it may not be this season, but at some point People's Jones is going to want more of those option routes, mm-hmm. and he will have earned them. Yeah. Um. And what do you do then? Right? Like, it, you hopefully have another number one receiver where. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, it, to me, like I'm happy we won. I, I am more confident in our ability to make the playoffs than I was, but still not super confident. Like I saw, somebody has a 52% chance, and I'd be somewhat lower than that. But I just, to me, the question remains the same, which is, a, is this Browns team good enough without Odell Beckham to win a Super Bowl? No. Are they good enough to get to the Super Bowl? I mean the AFC is kind of weird this year, but it I, is. I I, I mean, it, the the only reason I'm not going to say no is that a I was really high on them to start the year, and b I don't. There hasn't been like a team in the AFC that has just been so so good that I think the Browns couldn't like could not beat them. Yeah, um, that's in a fair. Game. And so I'm not going to say no. I think it's unlikely, but like if they make the playoffs in the AFC this year, it's not a shot. Um. But but the problem remains the same, which is whatever happens. The Browns, I know the Rams lost to the Titans yesterday. Uh, the Rams are going to the NFC. They're winning the NFC. Um, yeah. That was the- that was a one-off game. The Rams were a little cocky. And I think they were kind of like, well, there's no Derrick Henry, so we're going to run rough shot. And then they forgot, like, Ryan Tannehill can be a good quarterback. They have a really good offensive line there, really good defense. I, I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams are, and I don't think the Browns have a shot in hell against the Rams.
0: No, oh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, what what I will say is that, uh, and we can talk about this more uh, later this week on the preview pod. But we're gonna ha- we're gonna learn a lot about uh, this Browns offense and just what they can do this week when they play the Patriots. Okay. Yep. Is because if there's one thing that we learned from the The Cardinals game and the Steelers game, it's that if you can crowd the box effectively and dare Baker to pass, you create problems with the Browns' offense. Okay? And if there's anyone who has mastered the art of stopping this style of offense, it's Bob Belichick. Okay? We know what they're going to do. They're, they're going to run the exact same defense that they ran against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Yep. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to do what the Cardinals did. They're going to do it, uh, not quite what the Steelers think is a different scheme, but it's the same concept. Just make it so, hey, you want two yards on every run? That's what we're going to give you.
1: Right. Right. And they're going to say we dare you to pass because outside of our six defensive linemen, mm-hmm. there's going to be a bunch of defense, Baker, and you're going to have to read it. Yep, and the the Patriots are running a lot of zone right now this year, and
0: and, and, mean, yeah. and meanwhile, you know J.C. Jackson has led the league in interceptions over the past three years.
1: So, right, right. no, I, I I think the Patriots are gonna. It's gonna, you know, I and I don't know. I haven't thought enough about it. I haven't read enough about it to have any firm predictions. But it'll be a hard week
0: it will be and this this is a game i've been thinking about ever since i saw the 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 cardinals game when the cardinals came out yeah. in a defense i've been thinking oh no this is exactly right. what new england's gonna do
1: yep and i know the cardinals defense has been pretty good this year but mm-hmm. it is not the patriots it's not bill belichick anyways. Uh, y- yeah exactly
0: <clears throat> but uh back, back to the back to the browns win before we start getting back into this um It was encouraging to see that they were able to come through all of the, all the all let's say let's say what is nonsense that happened during the week, okay? Because we've seen many versions of the Browns in the past, which have ended up losing by forty when something like this happens. You know what I mean? So being able to you know gather themselves, regroup, and come away with the win, it was impressive.
1: That's Stefanski, man. Like, I don't care what anybody says at this point. Like, that's Stefanski. I mean, we've like, seen... Like, this is, this is the coach where during the middle of a fucking pandemic with a team that had so much history, he takes them to the playoffs. And then, and then, half the team gets COVID, they can't practice, and they win a game that they had to win to get into the playoffs with, like, no receivers, and then Svansky can't be there, but he's drilled them so well that they win the next game mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Like, he's a good coach, and it's not just – like, I, I had questions about his man management just because we haven't seen it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's at least there. I don't know that it's totally refined. Like, I think this Odell thing got a little out of hand. It did. Um, and I don't know how much of that is his fault versus not, but it got a little out of hand. But it's there. And I think he can keep these guys focused. And I think Jarvis helps there, too. He does. Jarvis
0: does help a ton. You you, you got to look at the leaders on this team. You, you look at a guy like Jarvis, he's an obvious leader.
1: I mean, Jarvis could have and nobody would have blamed him said, you know what? You're letting my best friend go. I want out, too. Yeah, he could have 100% done that and I wouldn't have, blamed, would have him. blamed him. Nobody would have blamed him. But he didn't, and it seems like he's still leading out there. That's that's what a that's what a leader does, right? That,
0: that's who he is. That's the type of guy he is, right?
1: Now, um, you know what a leader doesn't do when his receiver drops one catch, doesn't stop throwing them the ball. Sorry, what? Never mind. <laughs> oh, shots fired, but well deserved shots fired. Honestly,
0: um, yep. Let's let's be honest here. Uh, something I noticed during the game. And he got called for it uh, a good amount of times. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Jadavian Clowney. That man lined up in the neutral zone more often than he didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching I'm like, on, on, on the first one, I'm like, he's in the neutral zone. Yeah, Something happens. Really... I'm like, he's in the neutral And Flack was in the neutral zone. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, his entire upper body was on the other side yeah. of the line. And then it kept happening. I'm like, dude. Like, I, I think they stopped calling the penalty at, at some point. There, there was, like, one play where he lined up, like, two yards off the line of scrimmage to compensate because he kept lining up across the neutral zone. Yeah. He was over the neutral zone so many times. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, look. Yeah. Pay attention.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, defensive line to me still is a problem. It, it um, is. It is. Still a problem. I mean, I just... I Clowney is a good second-edge rusher. I think Miles is a great player. He played great. Miles had a great game. But, like, I just... It, there's something about this defensive line that I think is going to be exploited. I think a large part has to do with we have terrible defensive tackles. And I think we have an undisciplined line all, across the board. Like, even Miles, like, I get this idea that Miles is getting the Shaq treatment. Like, welcome to the NFL. Yeah, I'm tired of— You don't think Aaron Donald gets the Shaq treatment?
0: Uh, He does, and I'm tired of seeing people bitch about him getting held. Sorry, guys get held every play, okay? Yep. You know, Miles is substantially bigger. It's what's going to happen. When you're one of the best players in the league, one of the best players at your position, you're going to get held, okay? And that's just how it is. It, go back and look at, at film of guys like Dwight Freeney or Reggie White or whoever you want to pick. Insert name of edge Rusher here. Guess what? They're held on probably 80% of plays. And that's what's just going to happen. So I am I am not here for all the people doing... First of all, because screenshots saying this is holding is the worst thing in the world because it doesn't tell you the whole story. One, I'm not here for the screenshots. Two, I'm not here for the the one video everyone wants to share virally on Twitter and be like, look at
1: miles getting held. It happens. Yeah. And like, I, I, again, I love miles. This is not like whatever my views of his contract are is not to say I don't love him. he's a really fun player to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he played a great game. I just, he's not like disciplined and he doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Right, because he's so like he's very intelligent. I'm not saying he's not smart, but he's a very intelligent player and he's an athletic wonder. But he's mm-hmm. not disciplined because, like, I, I think it's always been one of those things like he's one to give up those little penalties, mm-hmm. right? Those five year plays because he knows he'll get the sack eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our whole defensive line is just really undisciplined, and I think it shows most in run defense, which wasn't really a problem after those first few drives against Cincinnati once we took the lead. Yeah. Um, but like, and I, that is the one thing about the Patriots. I'm not as super worried about. Um, so, but come the Ravens game, I mean, I don't know how you stop that offense with this defensive line. It, it's going to be a
0: problem. It, it, it really is. I mean, my concerns for the, the Patriots game more lie in uh, Mac Jones looking really good than uh, their, yeah. like, you know, the rushing
1: attack. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Mac Jones looks great. Mac Jones looks great. And, like, it's funny. Sorry, I, I'm totally in here, because I remember a tweet you said last night, you made last night, and it's yeah. so true about Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, everybody's like, oh, maybe they should fire Kyle Shanahan. And your point was so right, which is, like, no, you idiots. Like, <laughs> Kyle Shannon is Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it's in like a really injured defense. Like, I don't know what you want. Yeah. Right. Like I don't know what you want. And then the second part of your tweet was also, and you made this point on Friday, like we don't know for a fact that Trey Lance was his guy. I, I think he likes Trey Lance. I don't think like he's down on Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance may have been a second choice. So from, from what I've heard of, the, you know, things I've read, things I've yeah. listened to, um,
0: his initial choice and the reason for trading Mac up Jones. was Mac Jones. Okay. Right. And some point between the trade up and the actual draft, he was essentially overruled and said, "No, we can't take Mac Jones. You have to take Trey Lance." So like yeah. Trey Lance wasn't even necessarily his guy from what I understand. Right. But like I mean cuz what was the what was the read the entire time going up to the draft? Once once the 49ers trade up, it was Mac Jones is a perfect Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Then they take Trey Lance who is doesn't fit anything that they do.
1: Trey Lance, I mean, this was Trey Lance's problem the entire time, right? Was it uh sorry, I'm watching the Steelers Bears and Bears just had like 14 men on the field. Um <laughs> uh but they yeah, no, like, I mean, like I think Trey Lance is going to be a very good quarterback because he's just like such a phenomenal athlete. But he was so raw. And yeah. he doesn't really fit any existing offense.
0: And, and, it's, and so, you can't go from what you have to run with Garoppolo to what you need to run
1: with Lance and just go back yeah. and forth like that. You can't do that. Well, and, like, this idea that, like, oh, we think, like, people that were like, Mac Jones is the perfect Shanahan quarterback. weren't saying that because, like, oh, Shanahan needs a mediocre quarterback. Like, that was never the point, right? The point is, like, Shanahan wants a quarterback that can read a defense really quickly. Mm-hmm. Right, like the quarterback could be Shanahan would be great with Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the quarterback being mediocre or not. It just he wants a quick game reader.
0: And Mac Jones is that. Yeah, Mac Jones is showing that real quick. He's shown uh, that he's able to, to read a defense, uh, read a game. He, the game uh, slows down on him. It doesn't speed up on him so far. Right. I mean, I mean, he's played all of what nine games, so you know. That could that could change really quickly, but so far it's he's shown exactly why the Patriots took him. <laughs> right,
1: right. I mean, I listen. Like, I think right now Justin Fields is the one that I have the most questions about. Uh, Trevor Lawrence too. But like, mm-hmm. Mac Jones has looked really good. Mac Jones has looked really good. <clears throat> And here's what I'll say about Justin
0: Fields. I know we're, we're going into a whole bunch of rookie quarterback talk right now. but My fault. It's all good. I mean, but as far as Justin Fields is concerned, I mean, he's not getting a whole lot of favors being coached by Matt Nagy. Okay? And that offense. Like, and that offense is awful. Okay? Yeah. So, again, not a whole lot of favors being done right. for Justin Fields. Right. But... Yeah, I guess same for Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. And, and yeah, and Jacksonville's its own whole other uh, nightmare scenario. Jacksonville would kill for Matt Nagy. <laughs> and, which is insane, honestly, because Matt Nagy's not a good coach.
1: Wow. It, you know, it's funny. He's one of those guys that the first year, when he was doing some of that fun stuff with Mitch Trubisky, it was kind of like... It wasn't like Kevin Stefanski, where it was like, okay, this guy's like a legitimately good offensive mind. It was like, this guy's like a squirrel. Like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like very Andy Reedy. And it was like, okay, maybe he really is Andy Reid's protege. And then it was like, nah, he's just a squirrel. And like, once teams figure that out, he's not any good. I, of mean, a good
0: I mean, like one of the things that I never understood was the, the Bears offense was most effective when they used... Well, this is under this is under Trubisky, but when they had Trubisky like use his legs to make plays, as yeah. soon as they tried to make him a pocket passer, he was toast. Yeah. He, he couldn't do it. Like I, I think at one point he had like Zoolander syndrome. He wouldn't look left. Okay, so yeah. he he needs to be a guy that's that's on the on the move, on the run. You know, using his legs, not too dissimilar of what we have here in Cleveland. Honestly, uh, you know, Baker as a pocket passer is significantly worse as Baker on the run.
1: Yeah, the one that I'll say is Baker's a substantially better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Like, whatever my issues with Baker, like, Mitch Trubisky was, that was a horrible pick. I got the process behind that pick. That was a horrible pick.
0: It it was a bad pick, but I'm just making a a comparison between the the strengths.
1: But again, and like, this is the difference between Stefanski and a guy like Nagy, right? Is that Mm -hmm. Stefanski's like, okay, well, I'll design an offense that can maximize them.
0: Yeah, Nagy did it for one year. I was just like, we're going to make you a pocket passer now. It's like, okay.
1: But like the one year, it was still like really squirrely shit. Like it wasn't like play action rollout, right? It was like designed run plays. Mm -hmm. And like, unless your quarterback's Lamar Jackson, teams figure that out. And it's the oldest trick in the book you make your safety a spy. Yeah.
0: And let's be honest Um, here, Mitch Trubisky ain't outrunning the safety.
1: No, no, right, that's what makes Lamar Jackson special is he cannot run the safety.
0: And meanwhile, the Steelers just took a two-touchdown lead, so the Bears are done. Yeah, Anyways. It, it, uh, <laughs> uh, I am not going to feel bad about going to sleep at halftime for this one. Um, no. <laughs> uh,
1: any other, uh, like, uh, kind of final thoughts you got for the, uh, the Browns here? I mean, listen, I'm happy they won. And th- this is the best team we've beaten this season. And it was a good win. Um, So I'm happy. I just – I never too high, never too low, right? I mm-hmm. mean, last week I think I may have been too low. Yeah. Um, but like I said after the Denver game, like I said after the Chargers loss, right? Like, there's a lot of noise. In a football game. And there was a lot of noise in this game, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Browns getting a 99-yard interception return on the first drive. Like, that's awesome play by Denzel Ward. But that's luck, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, that's statistical noise. You can't bank on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ever. No matter your team. So, I think there are just things, Like, winning the game so dominantly with such little possession... Of the football. it's it, That's not repeatable. It's not. Right. Like, that's not going to happen again. So, I, and I'm not saying, like, there's not things that contributed to that that, like, we should be, we, like, there are things we should consider, right? Like, I think there was probably part of the game plan on offense was that type of play. But, like, I, this is, like, what you got, right? And so I just, I'm never trying, never too low. I think next week will be tough. Um and then we'll see. But we got to win next week too. This is another must win because they are competing for playoff spots with us.
0: 100%. I mean, you you look at their schedule look who they're playing over their next 3 games, uh, 2 and 1 at a minimum
1: is is required. I think they got to go 3-0. The, 3-0 was it would be would it I be think ex- they have to. It would I'm be not to, I, like, I, I, they, they have to that Pittsburgh loss really hurt. It, it, it did. It it, it really did. The, the loss to
0: Pittsburgh was really bad, but I, I think there is a world where if they do go 2-1, and one, let's say beat New England, beat beat one of New England or Baltimore, and beat Detroit, that they'll still be in a good enough spot that there's that opportunity after the bye week for them still to have a chance. 3-0, obviously, optimal, but I think
1: 2-1 and I one mean, if is, they go 3-0, they're in the playoffs. Like, not definitely but yeah. like they, they control their own destiny kind of I, I, I like a two and one depending I, on who they lose to they don't like I, th- actually, I see it as workable yeah I actually think like a two and one I the game that I think is the one they really can lose without a lot of impact is Detroit
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is kind of funny but like they're out of division yeah like it happens out of division so, out of the conference yep yeah. But I do think they need, like, I they have to beat at least one of Baltimore, New England.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I th- again, I think going two and one over this stretch. I mean, uh, luckily, I guess they played Detroit at home, so that should be a win at home. But, yeah, you
1: know, yeah. New England's gonna, I, be I, I, I'm, I'm... Uh, gonna be a
0: tough test. Baltimore is gonna be a tough test.
1: Listen, you've been saying it for weeks now. This Browns team may just be like a eight and nine, or what yeah, eight yeah. And nine team, yeah. kind of, or nine and eight team. Like that may just be what they are. Mm-hmm. And I think there's enough evidence to suggest like that. We should at least at this point feel free to expect that. Um. But it just it's you hope for more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You 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 hope for more. You hope that they. They figure some stuff out. They, they can iron some stuff out. I We're going to learn a lot this week, honestly. I, I, I truly believe we're going to learn a lot. And it's going to tell us one of two things. That the Browns are back offensively. Or this win against the, the Bengals and their offensive performance was
1: a complete fluke. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is, like, there's a middle ground, too, right? Yeah. Maybe the offense is getting back to normal, but this game was still a fluke. Right? Maybe Mm -hmm. normal isn't, like – like, normal may be the offense we saw against, like – and I mean this in, like, a good way, but it's the only comparison I have, like, readily available. Like, Houston, Mm -hmm. where they still put up a lot of points, but, like, it looked kind of clunky. That may be the offense. It, it's it's like, very possible i mean and that offense will get you to 9 and 8 or 8 and 9 but not more than that
0: i mean i i still think they're probably in that 8 and 9 9 and 8 range when when it's all over just you know looking at who they play too. new england detroit baltimore baltimore vegas green bay pittsburgh cincinnati I think I saw something, like, they have, like, the second uh, hardest strength of schedule over the remainder of the season.
1: Yep. Yep. No, I, I mean, if they can make the playoffs off this schedule, that signals something about this team.
0: That'll tell you a lot. It, it, and it'll it'll say that, you know, they they won some games they probably had no business winning at some point during the game, during the during right. the stretch run here.
1: Um. I mean, it is funny, like, the athletic football show all summer. Like Nate Tice would come on and say, "Cleveland is a team I like. Everybody's really high on." He said, "I'm really high on them because I love that defense." Oh, one other thing: John Johnson played really well yesterday. About damn time, um, by the
0: way. Uh, yeah, so yeah. did Troy Hill. By the way, setting a Browns record. Yeah, like I don't know how he skipped over this to, to this point. Yeah. First defensive back ever with three sacks in the game. Shout out Troy Hill.
1: Yeah, that was pretty up. You know what they did? You know how he got those three sacks? Those splits? Splits from deep. Somebody must have told Joe Woods, yo, man, uh, this play, it's working. <laughs> so, no, but, like, I think that, like, Nate Tice kept saying, like, he's high on this defense. He's high on the guys they got. If you look at their numbers for last season, they should not have been a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They, on the whole, they were not good enough that season compared to the other teams fighting for spots to make the playoffs. And so the question is, what are the Browns? And the reality may be the Browns are a, just a borderline playoff team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, at the end of the day, their best player is a running back. And I think Nick Chubb right now is the best running back in the NFL because Henry's done mm-hmm. for, for a while. But yeah. um, I... And the Browns run game is the best run game in the NFL far and yeah. the way. But it's still the running game. Like, and that's nothing against Chubb, nothing against Hunt, nothing against Fancy. Like to win easily, you need a good passing game. And I think Baker just puts a ceiling on that. He he does. He he really does.
0: Um and again, he he played fine uh on Sunday. He made a couple of good throws. But he wasn't out there dazzling everybody, you know, throwing the ball all over the field and being like, you know, Baker Mayfield in in college at Oklahoma facing Big 12 non-existent defenses, okay? It was pretty much what we expect from Baker Mayfield like last year, just he made the he made the throw that was not
1: necessarily a difficult throw. And that's fine. Well, here's the, Yeah. Here's the thing. Baker's numbers next week, if Baker's a good quarterback, his numbers should be off the charts. Mm -hmm. Because New England's going to come out with a 6-2. Yep. Right? Baker should torch them. And if he does, I will applaud him. Because up to this point in his career, he's not been able to torch that type of defense. He hasn't. I mean,
0: the fact of the matter is that Baker Mayfield, for his entire career, going back to college... When he's forced to play in the pocket, he's not as effective. You can go back all the way to Oklahoma's game against Georgia. Right. When they forced him to play in the pocket, he played like garbage. Yep. He crumbled. He got happy feet. He was indecisive. That's exactly what we've seen in the NFL. Didn't magically go away.
1: Well, and it's like when you can roll him out, right, it keeps him clean, right? It keeps pressure away. Mm Mm-hmm. If you can't keep pressure away, he is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, he is honestly a top ten quarterback when he's in a clean pocket or a clean when he's clean, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been that way for his whole career.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the book on him. Can you get pressure? That's the book on Baker, and that's what New England's gonna do. So I'm interested for next week. Bill Belichick's gonna dial something up. He's gonna. Oh, he's, oh. he's. He's got something. he got something cooking. I think Stephen Stephen Kevin Stefanski <laughs> is a genius. But like, yeah, I. Th- this is nothing against Kevin Stefanski at all, because I would say this about pretty much any offensive coordinator in the NFL or offense play caller. I'm taking Bill Belichick's defense. Mm-hmm. Until proven otherwise, I-, I have not seen Bill Belichick get out coached. Like that, anyways. So, yeah, I'm taking Belichick. This defense is gonna hurt us.
0: Yeah, definitely gonna be something to watch. Uh, definitely something to monitor. But again, uh, Browns are five and four now. Somehow, uh, <laughs> uh, they're they're still they're still alive. A lot of work in front of them. There's a possibility yeah. that they make the playoffs. I I do I do think they're probably close to that no longer existent five hundred record. Um yep. than being a team that's just gonna rattle off, you know, a handful of wins with only one loss over the rest of the season. Right. But uh anything you would like to add before we uh get out of here?
1: Um no, no, not not nothing. I uh Yeah, that that's kind of it. That's it for the Browns for me. I think we'll Reconvene later in the week and then next weekend or after the weekend after the Browns hopefully beat the Patriots.
0: Yeah, we got to hope they go into New England. Uh, I believe last I saw their uh, Patriots are favored by two and a half, but interesting line yeah. to see come out early on. That That's that's one of the two lines you need to pay attention to <laughs> for those yeah. gamblers out there. The initial line yeah. and the, the line on Sunday morning, but uh, with that. Uh, just a quick reminder like, comment, subscribe, rate, tell your friends and family. If you don't, it's stealing. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. This is com and RealBrownsFans.com.